0: everybody, Basil here, and over there is Gons.
1: Hey, what's up everybody?
0: There he is. Uh, here we are in the pre-intro, intro of Canary Cry Radio. Thanks for listening. This week we've got a great show with Mr. William Ramsey. Uh, He's back. T- He's back he's back again and uh, we're talking about all sorts of occult things some current events some past events and uh I th- maybe what to look for in the future so uh but before we do that i just want to thank everybody so much very personally for uh leaving your ratings and reviews on itunes it's really helping us get the uh the podcast out there it shows the robots that um you know, that there's some good here and that they should share it with other people. So that's what happens. Wake people up. It's good stuff. Also, if you haven't yet, go subscribe to Canary Cry News Talk on your podcast catchers. Uh, you, we do that one once a week. It's, it's a nice little short show. We talk about the news every week. So go do that. You're going to love it. They're going to love let me it. Stop guns. stop you. Let me, let me stop you. okay. All right.
1: I'm going to, I'm going to drop some stats on everybody. Uh, oh, we got some stats. Okay. So according to the Edison research, Podcasting has grown substantially in the last eight years, Ooh. and uh, as of 2016, the number is estimated to be people listening to podcasts here, age 12 and up, 57 million people. Wow, that's a lot of people worldwide. Yeah, and, and, it, and it grew four percent from the last from last year from 2015. Yeah, and it's expected to grow. You know, another. You know, four, five, six percent next year.
0: Yeah, and so, o- only about half of those people listen to Canary Cry Radio. So we need to get the other half listening, right? yes we, we get we get about twenty five million downloads, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> if we if we wiggle with the numbers, if we let the Russians help us, yeah, we, we definitely have <laughs> oh half the God. numbers
0: for sure. Add a few zeros. Um, yeah. Okay, well that's very cool. Podcasting's getting big. You know, back back in the day when we started Canary Cry Radio, you weren't really able to share it because people didn't know how to listen to podcasts but now podcasts are like a mainstream thing all these celebrities getting their own podcasts and i mean there were certainly a a good few years before our podcast that people were doing it but i I think we i think we got it we got it we're i think we're technically veterans now Gons.
1: technically yeah i guess i mean uh, i think when did it start 2006 or seven something like that
0: yeah it was around oh five oh six that podcast actually became like a consumable thing. So anyways, right. that being said, go ahead and share Canary Cry Radio, Canary Cry News Talk with your friends. I'm sure they know what podcasts are now. Uh, I'm sure those of you who tried to share like three years ago uh, <laughs> got the
1: like, <laughs> what's a Maybe podcast? Maybe they got the smartphone now. Yeah. Alright. Uh, here, here's uh, just real quick before uh, we okay. let you uh, drop into the intro here. Uh, okay. Just a fair warning, there are some heavy themes here in this episode, yes, uh william Ramsey, uh looking into the dark side of things, uh, not to meddle in them, but to expose them, so just a, you know just a quick heads up, another one of those episodes, you know things have been kind of heavy recently, so uh you know we're just responding to where the world is at, and but we do want to put that caveat out there because um we know there's some fresh ears listening, and uh,
0: another heavy one here. If you want a more light-hearted one, uh, I'm sure you could find one with um, Josh. Obama Beck. goes to Mars. Yeah, it's yes. always a good one to. Yeah, corn. we got to start doing our our solo shows again.
1: I've been trying to get you to do it for a while now, buddy. Well, why you got to why you got to <laughs> do that to me on air?
0: Just why you got to burn me on air I'm like that? I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. okay. Uh before we start here, make sure to go uh, like our Facebook page cuz we got all sorts of updates, all sorts of posts posts there. Uh Canary Cry News Talk gets posted there, Canary Cry Radio gets posted there, and the Joyspiracy will continue to be posted there as well as Face Like the Sun YouTube videos. So you, you it's really a place where you can get a whole bunch of content Uh, you know we almost have search canary canary cry radio on facebook there you go
1: sorry hey that's fine what do you got Uh, i was just gonna say um we almost have ten thousand likes on our facebook page hey cool they've been changing a lot of the uh algorithms the math equations you know that do stuff the math so equations
0: that do stuff that's yeah. a good that's a good definition for an algorithm that's almost <laughs> yes. the exact layman's definition for it an is. algorithm
1: i know i know i've been i've been looking at this stuff i'm I'm trying to you know but um because of that it, i don't know how it's working i don't know how many people are seeing our posts in their feeds or whatnot so if you do see it respond please share so let us know that you're seeing it otherwise uh Facebook is uh, working for the man.
0: Yeah, for those of you who do follow us, or who do like the page already, you can actually press the follow button on the Canary Cry Radio Facebook page, and that will, I believe it guarantees that you see our posts. So even if you are one of the many who like the Facebook page, go back, press follow.
1: Yeah, you know, that, that that's happening on YouTube as well, with the bell. It's like, yeah, you're subscribed, but if you really want, you gotta subscribe to the ones you're subscribed to.
0: Yeah, I get it. It's really weird. It's like, it's like a double
1: level thing.
0: It's a double level thing. Sometimes you like the, uh, uh, Walking Dead Facebook page, but you don't want to get every Walking Dead post. If you want all the Walking Dead posts, you press follow. I don't know why i'm buzz marketing a hugely popular <laughs> yeah. television show.
1: you always do that you, you always do that and, hey, and we see that's, nothing that's how i get the big you're seeing it you're not you're yeah. not splitting
0: yeah that's how i get the big network checks baby okay <laughs> that's all right, right that's here we go we're gonna let's get into this you ready guns? ready to go okay let's go
2: system of magical practices and tenets developed by the 20th century, quote, gray magician, Alistair Crowley. I'm telling you out in the open, gray magician, somebody who knew the path and didn't necessarily walk it, who used what he knew for negative influence over other people to control. Although he also put out a lot of great spiritual works which, which were out there to illuminate and enlighten people. So he's an enigma. Okay, if you're talking about Crowley, do as he said, not as he did. You know, he didn't necessarily walk the path in his life. Used properly, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, refers to the thalamic concept of the true will. The true will represents a human being's true purpose and path in life which exists in harmony with the will of the universe. This is the path upon which we are guided when we have learned to hear and follow the teachings of the higher self and natural law. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. And with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered the right, this do, and thou shalt live.
0: Welcome to Canary Cry Radio. My name's Basil.
1: And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 114. 114. There we go. Yep. Well, we have researcher William Ramsey back on. He was on episode number 20, believe it or not, back in 2012. And he was telling us about Aleister Crowley, all his research there, and the tie into 9-11, into the entertainment industry, into politics, and now... All those things that he was talking about several years ago seem to be proven true. And uh, we wanted to have him back on to discuss the current landscape, which has gotten quite chaotic and uh, understanding or trying to understand what's happening. Uh, William Ramsey, welcome back.
3: Gons and Basil, thank you very much for having me back on the show. It's been
0: a while. You bet your, uh, you, you, you bet your <laughs> pal. Oh, I'm so nervous. Um, but yeah, I believe you were on episode 100 as well. You made oh, an appearance
1: little there. Cameo. Right.
0: That was yeah, last, Yeah, the end of last year. Yeah, and it just. Took way too long. Took way too <laughs> long. We can't go along this long without talking to each other. I just feel so distant. feel so distant. Hard to
3: believe four years has passed since our original interview. I know.
0: That's, That's crazy. crazy. Wow, 100,
3: 100 episodes of you, you guys chatting with a wide variety of informative guests.
0: I know, and I got to say, William, uh, when I think of, I, part of the reason, at least for me, I never made a suggestion to bring you back on is, I I think maybe because you were on so early, it just felt like you were uh, just an automatic part of the crew. And I was thinking, oh, we can't have him back on. We just had him on. <laughs> uh, but it, that's, that's terrible logic. <laughs> I know. Logic is well, hard, man.
3: It was almost a lifetime ago, as far as podcasts go. Oh, I know. Interviews, four years is ancient.
0: It's yes, well, a it lot truly has is. Way back, it almost feels like we're in a completely new world now, and we're going to get the update from you so we know what's going on. And yeah, as Basil, as Basil <laughs> as Gonz was saying, man, I gotta dude, woof. you're rusty or something. I know, I know. Uh, so much has changed, and it's almost like we're in a whole new world. And a lot of the stuff that you were talking about uh, four years ago is pretty much common knowledge now, as far as. Uh, a lot of the you know, well i 'll say almost everything with Aleister crowley and the uh the uh, uh entertainment industry and just as 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 deep as we went it seems like that has now become the new high water mark so I guess uh pressure's on to set a new one here,
3: yeah, I would agree with you it's pretty surprising to see all of this spear cooking and blood rituals uh surface and yes. I was pretty remote- you know I was shocked and everybody's calling it Crowley type of uh Uh, rituals, and I agree with them. It's all about the power of bodily fluids and also this kind of license to do anything you want, I think you're seeing in the political and entertainment landscape. So it's it's remarkable to see
0: firsthand. Right, and I think more than anything, just seeing it come so close to the mainstream. I won't say it's necessarily in the mainstream as far as the the news getting out goes, but it's certainly having a far wider reach than it ever would have uh, four years ago. But I guess thanks to WikiLeaks and all those types of things and all the wonderful fake news outlets, um, this is pretty much, uh, we're getting there. So let's talk a little bit about that now. um, As far as like a timeline or how you've seen it progress, I guess since four years ago, have you noticed, uh, do you have kind of an idea of what that roadmap looks like to get us to where we are now?
3: Well, it's pretty remarkable because since last time we talked, I came across the case of the West Memphis Three, which you and I and Gons have not spoken about. But that involved a lot of A-list celebrities who worked to release a convicted child killer, three convicted child killers in West Memphis. Right. that killed three kids in 1993. They're guilty at law. I believe that there was a, a wide swath or wide pattern of deception by all of these celebrities to create this public Outcry that led to their release. So we have these three convicted child killers walking around in the United States. So that was, and that also involved Crowley. That's actually what piqued my interest in that case. Is that during the trial that took place in 1994, one of the prosecutors asked asked one of the main defendants, Damien Eccles, about his interest in Crowley. And since their release in 2011, they he has actually admitted that he was prosecuted because of his love for Aleister Crowley. So that was one. Aspect of how Crowley has influenced. And some of the celebrities that supported these guys were a listers, Johnny Depp and uh Dave Navarro, Henry Rollins, these kind of uh alternate type celeb celebrities. And and Johnny Depp is really good friends with uh Marilyn Manson, by the way. So that was one aspect of me watching this kind of occult influence upon uh politics and entertainment. That was one thing, and then you know, I've been studying since I wrote about Crowley, all of his followers. I just published my book, Children of the Beast, that goes about, that details all of Crowley's influence upon the 20th 20th century since he died in 1947. So I talk about a wide variety of uh, entertainment, political, and cultural figures who he influenced. So those goes from anywhere from Kinsey to Kenneth Anger to people like Jack Parsons, Timothy Leary, uh, people like Marilyn Manson, for example. So when this whole WikiLeaks thing happened right before the election, November 8th, that's when the spirit cooking kind of came uh, to the forefront from the WikiLeaks leaks, maybe even a week in early November. And yeah. I've been following that for, with great interest and in all of the connections and all of the kind of occult ties, the spirit cooking, the rituals. I've been curious about, who uh, I didn't even know who a Marina Abramovich was really. I'd, I think I'd seen her maybe a couple of times, but I got her biography, so I've read that or read part of it. And she's basically a witch. she used to go back into her closet and communicate with spirits when she was a kid. So she admits to doing these kind of like weird kind of witchy type stuff. Right. So I've been following the WikiLeaks and kind of watching the pattern. Like it's gone from all of these strange codes that were talked about between uh, Hillary Clinton's chief of staff, this guy, John Podesta. And and his brother Tony and Marina Bramovich was the spear cooking, but then there was like references to pizza hot dogs. And then it just kind of has been snowballing. People have investigated other people that Podestas knew. They've gone to this Comet Ping Pong, uh this the the owner of Comic Ping Pong, James Alephantis, his connection to David Brock, who was the head of Media Matters and ran CTR Correct the Record, which was heavily involved in propagandizing Uh, against people who who were critical of hillary clinton during the election so there really is a political impact of a lot of these people and and they have very strange taste very strange interests in art Um, and there are cult kind of uh, markers that are in wikileaks and in comet ping pong for example there's a mention somebody sent an email to john podesta about doing a thelema. Is very specific to Crowley. That's what he called his religion, was the Lima or Will. Right. And so that is in WikiLeaks, believe it or not. And um, in Comic Ping Pong, there's just this whole mention of like, there's this whiff of pedophilia and all these contacts. What happened is people came across James Alphantis' Instagram account, and that was filled with very strange pictures. And the connections between those people who knew James, uh, who know James Alphantis, also very strange pictures. Uh, so, it has this very odd whiff of occultism, and uh, partially, some of it is clearly references Crowley.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's fascinating. Uh, and, you know, we talked a lot about um, Satanism and the occult and a lot of stuff like this, uh, obviously, four years ago. But since then, I've had some conversations with, uh, uh, you know, I, I say it almost every episode, muggles. People who are not necessarily awake to this sort of stuff, and kind of just telling them about Crowley and telling them about uh, you know the occult and Satanism, and and uh, you know being able to to quote some of uh, the actual writings of Crowley have really made people be like, "Whoa, that's really weird." But there, a, a big response that I've gotten from a number of different people is like, "Oh, Satanism—that's just like a—that's just like an art project." they started it's just sort of uh you know it's just making a statement about religion and things like that i'm like huh well that's really interesting and then you add in um abramovich and she kind of does the same thing you know she's a artist performance artist type person and you know she's on the record uh saying a lot of different stuff about occult occultism and occult practices and doing them in artistic ways uh and yeah i don't know so uh, do you have a response to that is that something that you've run into as well
3: and i have run into people who are naive about the influence of the occult upon art and our entertainment kind of system so but I would say that these people are influenced, influenced by occult ideas. So Abramovich, for example, believes in kind of energy transference, like Crowley did. She believes in communicating with spirits, and she is a friends with so many different A-list celebrities. It's remarkable how many people have gone to some of her spirit cooking type rituals. When she has stated publicly that if it's in a if it's in a public, if she performs something in a public. Setting, it's art, but if she does it in a private setting, it's a ritual. So, I think that was a remarkable statement on her part. So, I think that the occult actually is there. There are political and entertainment things that involve occult ideas, and I think people are just naive about it because they don't understand the doctrines that are behind
0: Satanism or the occult. Right? Do you think that uh, these celebrities, or maybe some of them, or or all of them? What percentage of the celebrities or people who attend these, you know, spirit cooking or special dinners or rituals, how many of them do you think are totally on board, totally, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, initiated, and how many of them do you think are just invited to some weird dinner by their celebrity friends and just sort of go and they leave and they're like, well, that's weird. Let's not hang out with these people again.
3: I think it's a great question. I don't know the totality. I was surprised when I was researching Abramovich how many people that attended her, you know, things like uh, Pamela Anderson and James Franco. And she's been seen with Kim Kardashian, Kanye West. So uh, Lady Gaga, who was uh, in a lot of her kind of performances, who also stumped for Hillary Clinton in right. kind of pseudo Hitler garb.
0: Yeah, that was weird.
3: That was really weird. So i don't know the totality of it but james franco for example who's been friends with kenneth anger he was kenneth anger is a downright oto member and a crowley admirer is also hanging out with uh, abramovich and doing ritual type stuff with her so Mm. um the influence you know we're kind of peeking into it and learning more uh as the day passes so her the the totality of her influence i don't totally know but i think that in a lot of those environments where they're really hardcore satanists people are slowly or carefully initiated into the inner sanctum of what these guys really do which is drink probably drink blood and all kinds of sexual perversion so how many people get to the real witch level where they're involved in that stuff i don't know i really don't know but it's interesting out of the out of wikileaks when people started investigating james aliphantis and david brock these guys would have late night after parties that started at twelve o'clock at night, and they, there's there's a flyer for that after party out there, and I found that to be very interested interesting because it correlates with other stories I've heard about after parties where that's where um, the the regular party turns into something much different where there's a lot of depravity that takes place at these after parties. So um, that's possibly where you know they compromise or bring other people into their inner. The inner circle of their kind of occult behavior.
0: Interesting. Fast. Now, do you see? Uh, obviously, there's a connection with uh, the what are they? The West Memphis Three. Is that what they're called? Yeah, West Memphis Three, correct. Have you seen any connection with them, Anna Abramovich? Uh,
3: not to my knowledge. Uh, I have seen that there are they. They've been seen with other pretty hardcore uh, cultists, but I haven't seen the overlap between kind of what we found out through WikiLeaks and this kind of spirit cooking Comet Ping Pong and the West Memphis 3. I haven't seen, seen that yet. Right,
0: I have seen right. similar
3: practices because the head of the West Memphis 3 guy who was the probably the more in, intense occultist, Damien Eccles, is involved in um, Reiki, which is some kind of spirit-moving doctrines that are kind of uh, out of the occult. And then this woman, Abramovich, does something similar like that. She believes these Things have have uh, spiritual power.
1: You know, it's really fascinating because it seems like not just beyond the supernatural powers that people seem to gain, it seems to manifest quite literally, physically. How much do you think this network that's being kind of uh, exposed now—the light is shining on this hill of darkness that's been brewing there for a really long time—and you know, how much of it do you think is for power over uh, you know other people? Because it seems like. Maybe people that didn't expect to be or didn't want to be caught up in some of these circles are, are victims to some sort of power play, you know, some sort of an ability to hold something against them by doing some of these acts. And, you know, do you think that is part of the the underhand, the unseen hand that controls Hollywood?
3: Yes, I do believe that some of these are. um the, the involvement of getting other people involved is a blackmail operation. So, for in politics and even entertainment, uh, there was a a documentary about um, the pedophilia problem in Hollywood. It was called, I think, an Open Secret by Amy Berg, who was actually was uh, kind of involved with the West Memphis Three. She directed one of the documentaries for the West Memphis Three that I thought was very deceptive. But um, I think that there are. Uh, Now, there's another example of this after party. They talk about after parties in this this pedophilia documentary. But I do believe that there's an element of control, you know, that um, the the acts that these pedophiles do to these kids is definitely power over them. And, uh, you know, there's supposedly a benefit to these young children. At least that's what my understanding is, is that these guys promise that these kids will get some kind of benefit in Hollywood. So I definitely believe that that is a kind of power dynamic. Um, As far as the blackmail in Hollywood, I don't know. But I think that what's happening through what's been exposed at the WikiLeaks, I suspect that that is definitely um, a blackmail operation. And uh, before he died, Andrew Breitbart talked about uh, John Podesta running these underage pedo kind of scams. Um, And this is like four years ago. So Andrew Breitbart died here in L.A. of a heart uh, problem.
1: Right. He was 40, 40,
3: 40, yeah, only Yeah. Only 43. So, um,
0: the so, old CIA heart attack gun.
3: Well, you know, they, I've read the, uh, autopsy report. He had pro, he had apparently been in the hospital a year before and they said he had heart failure. He was a big guy. He was like 250 pounds. So he was, um, he was a kind of a person who could have a heart problem, but is how he passed away and, the stories on the street, um really kind of a strange story, but um and he was a he was exposing people, he was very aggressive and very loud. So he had a little bit large platform. So I think some people found him dangerous. There's videos of him calling out John Podesta, um, you know, talking into a microphone saying, What do you have in your closet, John Podesta? Um and, and, and kind of swearing at him. So that wow. was that was a remarkable statement. I can uh you can just look that up on YouTube if you haven't seen it. Yeah. So I do believe they're blackmail operations, and if you look back at some of these other instances where pedophilia is involved, like the Franklin cover-up, there, and this this guy, Craig Spence, who was kind of a frontman for these type of operations, he ended up dead in a hotel, but that's what they were doing. They were filming people and compromising them, so you can see this kind of control over the media, all this pro-Hillary media that was extremely pro-Hillary media. There might be a connection between... Uh this whole Wikileaks exposure and the total obeisance of the media toward towards Hillary Clinton, whose chief of staff was Podesta right um, so i 'm not i don't have any proof of that, but it 's a weird correlation if i wouldn't be surprised if there is a correlation between these blackmail operations and that fact that all these uh media people supported uh, Hillary Clinton. there were lists within Wikileaks in the emails that Showed, um, and this was to the knowledge of John Podesta, that all these named uh, people who were uh, media elites going to a party, and I found I found that to be very, uh, I mean, I, it shows how the the politicians want to keep the media under their thumbs. But I also thought it interesting that they wanted to get these uh, media types in a situation where there's a party.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so many layers I think that we haven't even looked at yet. And, um, you know, I think the the connection to the UFO story is, is really interesting because Podesta, the first I really heard about John Podesta uh, out there was the story about how he regretted not having disclosure um, or, or pushing harder for UFO disclosure for the U.S. government while he was in there. And, you know, that, I was like, wow, that's really interesting that a um, and I hadn't ever heard of this guy, uh, that a guy that would be in the inside would suggest that. And then with all this coming out, it's really fascinating. It makes me wonder about a lot of um, information about the secret space program and everything that's been coming out in the last year, because Lockheed Martin was mentioned in the WikiLeaks emails as, you know, one of the companies that had, you know, connection to the, uh, the, the DNC and, and, sort of a, you know, a Hillary, the Clinton foundation. We heard all the stuff with um, the quotes from the, the skunk works uh, having to do with secret technology and, So it goes in that direction quickly, you know, it's, it's, it's getting closer to that really wild stuff that, you know, is sort of even more unbelievable, you know, it's just weird how stuff is moving in that direction. I I feel like that's uh, where this sort of thing will head to stuff that's so unbelievable that, you know, it's, it might as well be fake news, you know, because people aren't going to really believe it anyway. And we're, we're there now, but I think we're being desensitized for some even more crazy things.
3: I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I think that if you look back even a month ago, would people think that we're here of all these revelations that have taken place in the last months? I wouldn't, nobody would have ever expected this kind of uh, information to really solidify. So in the future, and other people have said, oh, you know, uh, this kind of Pizzagate is a distraction. And I can understand that argument because there's other things in WikiLeaks that have been overlooked, just like you said. Um, so there are other... Uh, stories to be had out of these uh, disclosures we still you know this whole clinton foundation and how what all the corruption that was involved in that that people have stopped looking at that and looking into pizzagate so just because it's a matter of time and and interest so i do think that there will be other other stories just like you said i think you know podesta has tweeted about um you know his concern about not securing the disclosure of UFO files. And, and that was a couple of years ago or last year I've seen that tweet. But uh, yeah, I think that we have, there's going to be other information that comes out
1: in the horizon. There's a nice connection to Crawley as well because of uh, the whole image with Lamb. You know, one of the rituals that he did looks kind of like a gray alien. And uh, the spiritual side of it and understanding what's really going on, it, it's, you know, Christians, I feel like we've we kind of seen and understood this for a long time. And, you know, now there's people out there that, or understanding that you know because the argument used to be oh you know the Satanists that's just what they believe it's not really bad but now it's showing how it has affected culture psychologically physically and even your atheist is out there who, who are who might be seeking truth is looking at this going this is wrong and uh you know it's it's, it's just a really interesting time where that stuff is happening but sorry basil go ahead
0: no, no, that's okay. Uh, you know, on the subject of PizzaGate and fake news and all that stuff, I mean, it seems like, I mean, there's so much research going on with PizzaGate, and it's, I mean, it's made it into like the actual hardcore uh, mainstream. But you know, like we've mentioned, uh, any article in the mainstream about PizzaGate just goes directly to a, a rant about fake news and how it's so horrible. And, uh, you know, supposedly now we got the Pope coming out and saying it's a sin spread a fake thing. news and, <laughs> and doing all this sorts of stuff. Wow. And, you know, w- uh, there are some people making some good points about the Pizzagate discussion, which is I-, I think the biggest one so far, which is why Pizzagate hasn't been able to catch um, any real uh, just legitimate traction in uh at least in the mainstream sense, is uh, so far the lack of victims coming out. And, you know, there's obviously this thing about, well, there's no victims because they're all being taken they're care of. They're all
1: children after- and they're all being, yeah, taken
0: care right. of. Um, but, I mean, it's just, let's just hypothesize for a moment that if Pizza K was indeed sort of propagated by, you know, s- some sort of campaign. To start this revolution against fake news now whenever anything comes out regarding you know the Clinton Foundation or anything coming out of the WikiLeaks uh, they now they have this already uh, camp, this campaign already in motion called fake news, and now they can just sort of apply that to whatever they want and it 's already kind of in the zeitgeist
3: yeah, I agree with that, and I think that that 's their strategy, I think that uh interest in what was for the legacy media the mainstream media has declined and people have lost faith in it so i think that their concerted uh campaign and their approach is to label this kind of new rising media as fake and anything that uh has any anything that they don't want disclosed as fake i think that if you look at the evidence that's come out these these come out these pictures of rituals with kids in them and um, all of the strange terminology uh, it can't be really denied. And if you look back, even at the WikiLeaks stuff, the, uh, the Podesta emails talked about pizza, but there were other uh, WikiLeaks disclosures that came out of the Stratfor uh, leaks that were like from years ago. This is like four or five years ago. Emails from 2010 involved the talking about pizza and hot dogs from a fully different leak. So the terminology was was laced within these uh, emails. Now, one particular email is about the sixty-five thousand dollars worth of pizza and hot dogs that were shipped to the White House. I mean, that's a super suspicious, creepy email that came out of not the Podesta emails, but these other uh, we, uh, these other Stratfor emails. So, um, I do think that the whole campaign against fake news is a way and an attempt to shut down this entire uh, this entire publicly sourced investigation into what's called Pizzagate.
0: Do you think they're going to be successful? I mean, it's obviously it's all over the place in the same sort of brainwashing fashion that we've seen in the past. Um, But even to some people who, like I've said before, are not so awake to these sorts of things, find it a little suspicious that they're making such a big deal about fake news. Um, However, you know, it's it's only a matter of time before uh, the repetition will get in there.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think that there is a certain segment uh, of the society who's susceptible to uh, old media they consider legitimate. So if they say it's fake, they just believe it. So I mean, they say, oh, the whole pizza gate thing was debunked. I've heard that repeated. There was actually it was a kind of an interesting interplay between these two guests on the Joe Rogan podcast where one guy believed it and one guy referenced. Oh, I I read The Economist. The Economist said it was debunked. Therefore, (laughs) it's over. So. He was, he was in the kind of old zeitgeist environment of where the New York Times and the Washington Post are legit. And then there's another figure who can read on the Internet and compare facts and say, hey, there's something else going on here. So uh, I think that the, the legacy media is trying to control the people they have under their sway as much as possible. It's interesting because in the Alephantis Instagram uh, pictures, there was a picture of David Brock the head of media matters and correct the records standing on stairs. But the interesting part of that picture is somebody was behind him. And who was it? It was this woman by the by the name of Lynn DeForester Rothschild who runs and owns The Economist. And right. so you see them together in this picture that was taken years ago. And then you have these people believing The Economist and The Economist story when these people are in an incestuous relationship. If you look through the WikiLeaks uh. uh emails with Hillary Clinton, she has CC'd this woman, the same woman standing behind Brock and so many important policy emails, Lynn DeForest or Rothschild. And uh, so it's remarkable, The I think the pull that a lot of these wealthy people do have with the media and the ability to really uh, mind control a certain segment of the population, say that there's nothing there. But the facts speak for themselves. The pictures are very incriminating.
1: You know, how much do you think this the sort of new media, this, this, uh, you know, the, the alt right and all this, how, how much do you think is actually genuine and how much is co-opted? Because it feels like th- there are moments th- there's different narratives, right? About the whole thing. There's the, you know, this is finally, we've broken through, uh, you know, the years of work have finally paid off. Uh, you know, the, some of the things we've been talking about have, um, become public, or available publicly in in good source material like um, WikiLeaks, depending on who you are and how much trust you put into it. And, uh, you know, there's another narrative that it's all been controlled uh, on the extreme end, the opposite end, that it's all controlled, that WikiLeaks is also controlled by the same, you know, core group of people. They allowed it to come out so they can create this new media, this new movement in this internet age. And, you know, they wanted to create the tension, so they were able to create a pretty much a war between, the, the legacy in this new media and, and you know, sort of a civil war within the, the realm of information and media reporting and all that makes me suspicious because you listen to CNN, you listen to these anchors say stuff and it's like, you know, we always thought, OK, these guys are lying, whatever. But now it's just like, are you guys kidding me? Like, how can you live with yourselves by saying right. stuff like that on camera? So it's there, there's a certain point or level of like, maybe there is some truth to this because how else would you explain just the crazy nonsense that they, they pump on uh, some of these platforms, these mainstream media platforms. But what are your thoughts?
3: I think that the original WikiLeaks that were said that were the Podesta emails are legit. They've been verified as legit. I, I think that they came out by people who uh, either hacked Podesta, possibly intelligence people who wanted to make sure that Hillary Clinton did not win. And so I think that that was their original intent. How much they knew of the code words and stuff like that, I don't know. But their veracity, the the legitimacy of the Podesta emails is really not questionable. So the effect of them and how people are picking up on different stories, I can't imagine that a lot of these people knew the the, the totality of the information within James Alephantis' Instagram page, but um, so I, I and a lot of those pictures were taken. If you look at some of the the screenshots, it's like eighty five weeks ago. You know, so right. there's things from two years ago. So it's hard to believe that this is all just a big psyop. It's definitely these guys are definitely connected. There's other emails that show them together. Um, how much? The intent is to discredit the old media. Um, I don't know, but the, by the the fact that the old media or the legacy media refuses to look at these facts, I think is damning. Because I sent you that picture of the three kids in a ritual environment on their knees. That that shows something is going on. There's yeah. smoke there. Um, so, I, and I've never seen any one of these: uh, Washington Post, NPR. Uh, New York Times actually look at or actually post anything from that series from James Aliphantus's Instagram account. Um, I think that if you look at those Instagram accounts, it necessitates a uh, investigation by the authorities without question. So how it plays out, I think that the process of uh, discrediting the legacy media is a process that's been going on for years and will continue to go on. And I think that the whole fake stratagem by them is really an attempt to shore up any remaining um listeners that they have
1: so yeah and it seems like the the battle in and, and i agree with you i think there are good genuine people that wanted a lot of this stuff exposed from within you know the intelligence agencies and stuff like that that, that tried to fight for some good you know i don't, i don't doubt that because i do think there's good people within some of these uh, institutions um, yeah. but at the same time, you know, it, it just seems like, boy, with everything that's come out, it's almost like they're allowing some of it to come out, to be blunt about it and to create a society even. And I'm looking at this maybe from a spiritual perspective at this point, and I, And I would want to get your thoughts on that because, you know, based on kind of what we understand prophetically and things like that it's ultimately going to move towards this single world. All the same stuff we've been talking about, you know, maybe this thwarted it. Maybe this is a a window of time to, to slow some of that down or, you know, fight against it, resist it. And, uh, you know, that there's good in that. There's, I think, um, you know, some positive things that we should be doing while we occupy here. Uh, so that's not, you know, necessarily a bad thing. I'm saying that that's what we should be doing, but we know that it's all leading towards biblically. It says they worship the dragon and the dragon is Satan. So, it's just interesting that there is this outlandish satanic ritual stuff going on, you know, just even with references to the elephant Instagram. It's like, you look at that picture with the kids with the masks on and it's like, dude, what's going on with that? Like, why is that there? Like there, there's, <laughs> there's no a kid, kid
3: on the far right can't be over 16. Oh, no way.
1: No way. It's a child. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's something weird going on for sure. So, so that ties directly to satanic stuff. Okay. So why is mainstream media covering up this really grotesque satanic stuff? Maybe there's a whole lot of satan behind all this and uh in effect it, it, they are creating um a generation of satan worshippers, if I could be so blunt, you know. So, you know, from a spiritual perspective, how do you see all this even on the good side of of what we should be doing and what is happening being exposed? How that can be ultimately spiritually where it's headed with all that?
3: Well I think that that's the push if you want to go back through Crowley through Kinsey through this what's been exposed through these WikiLeaks is that there always has been this push for the normalization of total libertine behavior or pedophilia whatever you want to call it and so I think that this is just another revelation of this kind of behavior this whole you know pedophilia how how pervasive it is I do believe that the intent is to normalize this behavior through society. And uh, you can kind of see this push with uh, Obama, this kind of weird transsexual in the bathroom stuff and the fact that uh, what's going on in a lot of the schools, what people are being trained with this weird sexual uh, exposure to sex education. So I do think that it's kind of come out of this, this part of these, you know, this type of political movement. But um, as far as the spiritual thing, I think that exposing it as evil and as disgusting is vitally important to our whole society and to uh, reject and, and and expose this as the abomination it is. What are these guys up to? I think it goes even farther. If you look at some of the pictures on that were in Comet Ping Pong that were drawn by this guy by the name of Arrington D. Dioniso, there were pictures of this same kind of masked, masked parties. This guy claims it was mass but if you look at one of the people it has the horn so you're looking at like the horned god from witchcraft on the side of the wall of comet ping pong and that puts you into kind of like uh true detective territory this really dark evil pedophilia sacrifice community and you see some of these connections with these guys that are showing depicting like humans being eaten and human sacrifice so i think that uh I think that there that push of these Luciferians, the occultists, the Satanists, is always towards that kind of uh, end, which is pedophilia, blood ritual, and uh, you know this the degradation of society in general.
0: Right, and you know, like you said, that there's, there's so many uh, politicians and, and entertainers uh, getting involved that it's a, there's no way that it can't just. It's almost like occult trickle down economics. Uh, it's bizarre. Uh, speak, speaking of which, uh, speaking of celebrities here, I'm surprised more people don't break down and lose their go bonkers. I guess a, a lot of these celebrities do. But one of the most recent ones was uh, Kanye West. Uh, I know we were talking a little bit about that before the show. Um, maybe we can uh, pop into that here for a little bit. What's going on with that guy? Have you followed well, that at all?
3: Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been his wife. Yeah. Uh, kardashian kim kardashian's been seen with the spirit cooker and uh that's abramovich so they're kind of in this kind of circle of the occult but they're kind of uh he was their designer their clothes designer this guy by the name of tishy who was uh supposed to be or could be rumored to be kanye west gay lover has also been seen with abramovich so it seems like there's this kind of circle of occultists. this guy tishy is heavily duty in the cold he's been seen with like weird blood rituals and sacrifices with other artists artists that are kind of similar to the same type of artists that hang around to come ping pong so uh i think that that might have put extra pressure on you know kanye west and being in that environment and what we know is he said something about pizzagate or the spirit cooker being true um before he went into the to the hospital so I think he might have seen stuff from the inside. The guy, this tissue guy, who's around his wife, um, is a really heavy-duty type guy who knows a lot about the occult. So um, there's definitely something having to do with Satanism and the occult in his his situation and Conway Kanye West
0: situation. Yeah, and I mean, he was even saying stuff about like Donald Trump and and uh, you know how it was a good thing he became president and all this stuff. It, it seems like he might know something that is connected to Hillary Clinton.
3: Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of a strange thing for him to say. I think that in his kind of social group, that's really stepping out of the kind of safe zone to actually say something supportive of Donald Trump. So, um, you know, these guys say insiders. When you say trickle-down occultism, that's the really odious and sinister aspect of occultists is that it's really hard to discern and decipher if they're occultists. You don't know the relationships. You don't know what goes on after our... You don't know who's taking the secret oaths. So to seek some insight into Kanye West and, and Kim Kardashian and the spirit cooker, I think uh, we're lucky to be able to see that. I, I, I pray for Kanye West. I hope uh, he makes it out. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'll give him a call. I'll let him know you uh, okay. send your best wishes. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. And uh, uh and maybe I can uh, coin this term trickle-down occultism. But, you know, even in the – I, I, see, I feel like people have been saying this for decades, which is the entertainment, not just the entertainers themselves, but the uh, the material, the writing coming out, the movies, the TV shows, the, uh, the uh, online streaming shows. It seems like we're seeing a new brand of sort of the uh, – whether it be occultism or Gnosticism or whatever it is – um, popping in through shows uh, kind of like uh, Westworld certainly s- smells of it there's a lot of the new Netflix shows as well um, uh, a lot of them technology based which I found was pretty fascinating actually kind of mixing technology with um, a lot of these uh, 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 occult uh, not what am I looking not pre- sim, eh, not even quite symbolism but just the, the values almost mm-hmm. Have you looked into the uh the rise of that I suppose lately? Yeah,
3: I mean I've seen some of these shows definitely reference kind of occult ideas. You see like uh the popularity of Stranger Things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Some numerical references in there that they're plotting in there. They put in the smiley face which is an occult uh marker they put in.
0: I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, so I- I've seen that pop up on your Facebook a couple times about the smiley face symbol.
3: So the smiley face symbol goes back to a cultist who started the kind of acid house underground music. And it really represents Alan Moore used it in his uh, in his book, The Watchman, which was integrated into the movie The Watchman. And what I've come to believe it represents is that the universe is kind of a big joke. So you can be totally amoral. You can uh, be angry or do whatever. And you see this kind of character, the comedian in uh, in The Watchman acting out on whatever he wants, violence, and all kinds of stuff. So you'll see that smiley face integrated in, in strange places, really. They put it into uh, The Sons of Anarchy. There was a character in there named Smiley who would get a smiley face after every person, a tattoo of a smiley face on his side after every person he killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see it in David Bowie's most recent video in, uh called black star so that was a remarkable place it was, the smiley face was on its label just where the comedian puts the smiley face on it's also uh been seen at some of these killings that have been taking place around the country where these young college age men disappear and end up dead in rivers and uh so it it's believed that there's a tie to that ideology in these kind of killings those killings have been called the smiley face killings they have been going on for about 20, 25 years. And uh, so I do warn the audience to be very careful if you're be careful in any bars, if you're a man or a woman. But just because you're a man doesn't mean you can get drugged and uh, taken advantage of. So uh, I definitely would like to warn the audience of, you know, being out late alone. It's definitely dangerous. So the smiley face is around. You'll see it in. More recent movies they sh- it shows up, but uh it's just another ind- indicator. actually, they use it as like a smiley face on the the uh, suicide squad on that poster. They put a smiley face on there, so um it definitely is an occult symbol and uh so uh, you know there's other shows that have all this occultism and you- I've actually been looking and people have been sending me stuff about the pizza symbolism. There's a movie called Knock Knock where Keanu Reeves, Reeves talks about pizza. And apparently, it's a common monic- a common theme in Disney films. There's pizza, uh, pizza shops, and pizza symbolism as well. So uh, that's just one example. As far as the occult ideals, I do think that uh, they're being integrated into the films and entertainment, so the insiders can kind of see, uh, you know, see what they know, and kind of dupe the the non-initiates. Yeah, it's yeah, like absolutely.
1: A, it's it's like they're uh uh all right. sorry, go ahead, Basil, you kind of threw me off whatever I was about to say like totally <laughs> threw me off, jumped in. Go ahead.
0: Uh, no, I was just going to say yeah, the the smiley face thing actually shows up. Um used to show up no, more now but a little bit less in uh, Black Mirror, which was a Netflix uh show. Well, you know,
3: I saw that the the Netflix thing has the smiley face inside the cracked uh glass of the the show's, you know, right. Post- poster i haven't watched the show but what why why does it show up in there
0: you know it's never really addressed and and a lot of i think i'm trying i'm actually scanning through now it's actually not showing up in a lot of them but yeah they have the smiley face in the in the cracked mirror oh there it is um yeah nope doesn't really no reason actually <laughs>
3: i yeah, haven't I been like to, i think i need to see that if people want to see my kind of explication on smiley face you can go to my YouTube channel. And I have kind of a smiley face in cinema and culture. There's a video about that where I cover that. Also, in my David Bowie video. But right. So it, every time
1: uh, I uh, I send a happy face emoji to a friend, just because I'm 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 genuinely saying yay. No. Are I, you I'm,
0: genuinely I think saying?
3: It's that an example <laughs> of how symbols can have two meanings. Right. So right, yeah, There's yeah. a exoteric and an esoteric uh, you know, me understanding and, you know, right. just like from the song stairway to heaven. Yeah. Sometimes words have two meanings. So right. that's common in the occult, just like pizza.
1: Yeah, Pizza's that's true. Two there was a recent, um, Brittany Spears video also that seemed to show, uh, I think she even said in an interview or something that she wanted to, uh, do kind of an eyes wide shut thing for younger people. Like literally that's what she said. So, um, there's a connection there. And if you watch the music video, I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same kind of Illuminati, you know, eyes wide shut style, whatever going on initiation, same kind of stuff.
3: Yeah. If you watch Miley Cyrus or Katy Perry, they have all kinds of pizza symbolism in their clothes and smiley faces. Yeah. Uh, So you'll see this kind of same kind of occult illuminated symbolism that, uh, has a really pretty dark meanings
1: yeah uh, there's another show that i was reminded of basil um mr robot season one i haven't watched season two but season one there's um you know they show what executives in certain high places of uh uh you know those big corporations out there tech corporations how some of the folks tend to do some certain acts to get up higher in the rankings and um you know a, 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 more references you know i think to Kind of the stuff that goes on, but yeah, specifically to PizzaGate, you know, it, it's been a whirlwind. It, it, there's been a lot of information. You know, admittedly, a lot of it is speculative. Some of it is pretty good circumstantial evidence. I, I I would argue, as someone who has a better grasp of the law, based on your research, what could be done legally? What what is where are we at in terms of that? Looking at specifically the the uh, comet ping pong and James Alafantis and all that.
3: Well, I, I would say that from a legal understanding, looking at all the evidence and the kids that are walking around and the art, I would say there's probable cause to investigate Common Pizza and James Alafanta and see what's going. If there's any law breaking going on, so I do believe a legal standard has been met for suspicion that criminality is taking place. And how so,
1: deep would that investigation go? Could they look at his emails? Could they, you know, what, what kind of stuff can they? do? Well, that's
3: a good question. I think that. Um, th- th- it depends on what they could get a subpoena for get to see as far as the property and stuff like that, so uh, they would have to bring it in front of a judge and figure it out. but I think that they could have a, there's enough problem of cause to do an- uh a, you know a reasonable search and 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 quiz James elephantfants and see what he's up to so now do you um, think
1: you know because one of the things that I've said all along is he must. No, or he must have some kind of immunity in mind if he's so public right now, you know, with going on NPR, going uh, New York Times, uh, you know, talking to these guys that were protesting out front with, you know, signs. It just seems like if there was something really going on, or if if he wasn't sure that he would, you know, be free, that he wouldn't be talking publicly, or maybe he's, I don't know, maybe he's just going off script, or maybe he's just doing whatever. Uh, What do you think?
3: Well, I think that I have my understanding of what i've read he's read a crisis he's hired a crisis um specialist so they probably said up one of the things that's very telling to me not in a legal sense is neither podesta or elephantis have come out and specifically denied anything made a general statement of denial this is not me actually podesta hasn't even been seen on social media since november 8th but uh to me they need to come out and say something but um you know, they need to find out who that little kid is in this ritual um, ceremony and quiz him and ask him a question. I think there's enough probable cause to do that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, as far as him being covered, you, it's just like the trickle down occultists. You don't know who's been put in place in DC, who's running the, the police there, how they got their job. Um, and I don't know, you know, I, I was interesting. There was somebody who went into comment ping pong with, uh, they were doing a uh, Periscope video, and the cops came in and took him out. Um, they were asked to leave. I thought that was interesting. That also, like, why would you care? Why would you care if somebody was just taking video? I don't right. know what the comment. So there's a lot of things that they do that don't resolve people's suspicions, and um, I think that, that that's telling. But you know, I don't know. I, you know, he. I've I've saw some pictures today of Brock and Alafantis hanging out with Barney Frank about 10, 10 years ago in Rehoboth Beach. And it just shows that they've been in D.C. in that area for decades. So they, they're probably well-connected. And, and GQ said that Alfantis was the 49th most powerful person in D.C., which is pretty remarkable for a pizza shop owner or a restaurateur. So what is he doing? There's pictures on his, on his uh, Instagram account of him in, like, eyes wide shut masks, drinking and there's pictures of him in all these different parties so he seems to be networked and you know if he's up to no good what, what kind of favors or what kind of what does he know about other people so you know there's a lot of curiosities in this case that I can't answer why um, they're doing certain things and not doing others well nuts yeah I, mean, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a remarkable case I mean the date today is December 8th and I expect more revelations or more information to keep coming and and when the administration changes january twentieth, people who who are gonna problem you know, there's other people who could come forward, you don't know, with a totally right. different legal system, you don't have no idea. Different FBI yeah. head. You know, they've seen what Comey's done with Hillary Clinton. Why would somebody go bring information to him?
0: That's a great point. And yeah, you know, I guess that's something we we always have to look forward to is that the the information is out there, the truth is out there and it's it's only a matter of time before uh, you know, uh, something else comes out. And at that point, the only question is, you know, is it too late to do something? Um,
3: no. no. I mean, if there's really, <laughs> really important evidence pertaining to a criminal violation, it's never it won't be too late. The statute limitations typically run
0: Longer than two years for serious felonies. Right, right. Now, as far as, now we, we I know, like I said, been following you on Facebook, been keeping track of you a little bit here. you been doing the West Memphis, then the Pizzagate, and keeping up with Abramovich and uh, Elefantis and and Podesta and all that stuff. Um, you wrote a couple of books since we last talked to you, is that right?
3: Right, that was Abomination, Devil Worship, and Deception in the West Memphis 3 case. So that book's out, and then Children of the Beast. Alistair Crowley's shadow over humanity. So those books are out. You should be. Able, you can get them on my website. My website is a coldinvestigations Now, Ga- um,
0: Gons had mentioned something where your book on West Memphis Three actually got some attention from the from the actual judicial uh, system.
3: No, I mean they threatened to sue me. I got threatened <laughs> to lawyers and stuff, threatened to sue me.
0: So, um, well, that's that's some attention, I guess.
3: Well <laughs> so I have those emails. I post those. On my facebook every once in a while but you know they they told me to shut down my youtube channel take all my videos out wow. uh, all my videos show this and the blatant satanism involved in the west memphis Three that they deny or lied or claimed it was a witch hunt which is actually similar to uh the, the pizzagate uh statements because they already uh, shut down their whole message board claiming that it was a witch hunt but if these people are witches then well you know so <laughs> uh, yeah, I had I had some pretty serious uh, edgy. I could have been out been in court, you know. But I think that I have 400, 400 footnotes in that book. It's all from court documents from nineteen ninety four, pretty much, and statements that they made. You know, I went through and read Damien Echols' book, Life After Death, and he wrote that he did the HGA ritual, which is a specific ritual of Crowley, that is actually blinded. He doesn't ever actually explain it, but. Uh, later in Crowley's life, he said, my holy guardian angel is Satan. So when Damien Echols is doing those rituals, that's what he's trying to contact.
1: Always wow. Satanism. You always kick down these doors. It's always somebody, I mean, you somebody there, stating you, it. Yeah. I mean,
3: well, that was the interesting thing about the whole West Memphis 3, is that I think the public mostly believed that they the narrative that was set out by Johnny Depp and Natalie Maines and Margaret Cho and all these other people, that these guys were persecuted because... wore black and there were a bunch of hillbillies (laughs) that were in um arkansas who had no teeth and drank moonshine and were supremely racist and you know they just wanted to get this case figured out because they needed to get an arrest you know and so this narrative actually was just a big psyop it was a big mind control operation that was agreed upon in my opinion um these guys all just had talking points and they just talked and talked and talked and cnn and abc cbs all these npr all just ate it up like it was uh you know caviar and just loved it so would right. me. i mean you well, know that- so you, you kind of see some something similar with pizzagate where the national media just take a position and just stick with it
0: yeah that's true that is one thing they are not flexible or not even not flexible but they'll take a position and not do any further investigations
3: yeah it 's not subtle it 's not like nuanced it 's not shaded it 's just yeah. like oh, this is just fake we 're done yeah you 're all crazy you 're conspiracy theorists label all the other people, and that was yeah. kind of what happened in the when I wrote the book about uh, the West Memphis three I was actually they just the public was so zapped by these talking points they thought that I was a southerner uh, who was a hick who was who was de- uh, defending <laughs> the um, the hillbillies in Arkansas, you must Where are you from Tennessee. People kept saying that to me. I said, no, I live in Los Angeles. And then, uh, actually that book made its way to the Arkansas Supreme court webpage and they put it up there for like a year, at least a year. I don't know if it's still there, but they put it up on their recommended books. Wow. Yeah.
0: Uh, there's a credit for you. <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, that's kind of legit. I mean, the reality is that the Supreme court looked over the case. They uh, the appellate court in Arkansas, um, did an assessment of what the court in Jonesboro did and said they couldn't find any errors. And then the lawyers for West Memphis Three actually sent the case to the Supreme Court and certiorari was denied, which means that the court didn't see anything that merited their review. Um, So people kind of think, oh, it was just some podunk backwater court that looked over it. But no, the kind of case did move around, moved to the Supreme Court of Arkansas and the Supreme Court of the United States.
0: Wow, so you have these two great books uh, following this, uh, both this case and also the the occult spread, I suppose, uh, across um, well at least the entertainment industry, and I'm I'm assuming more. Uh, are you working on something now? Are you are you about to bust another case wide open here? Well, or?
3: my oh, this this next doc, I, I just did an IndieGoGo for the documentary about the Smiley Face Killings, and um. Very interesting things are happening. That's really all I can say. I'm trying to finish it by the end of January. I have all the research done. You can see some of it about the Somali faces that will be included in the documentary. And some of these disappearances that involved college-age men, 18 to 26, 27, athletic, um, at a bar, disappear, and then reappear in water. Then people say they drowned. And... Uh, People are mystified. The police are mystified, but other people have researched it. Some very credible police officers and uh, academics and say, Hey, this doesn't make sense. There's a pattern here. You know, there's a pattern of something going on. So I have uh, done some research and I agree with the people that these young men are not uh, dying by misadventure. They're intentionally being killed.
1: You know, let me ask you this. Um- little out of left field but I but being an expert on some of these uh, topics here of the occult and and uh, I know you looked at numbers with your last book or one, when, you, when you were on last right, time
2: numbers?
1: yeah
3: eleven seventy seven ninety
1: 175 right and I know 33 I know you didn't talk about 33 specifically but I know it's another pretty occult number and uh, it's weird because I keep seeing it you know the movie the film 33 talking about the uh, you know the 33 people trapped in the mine um, right and uh, you know Interestingly, it's production companies, uh, one of them anyway, was Phoenix Pictures. No surprise there. You know, the 33,000 emails that are missing, the from the Hillary Clinton thing, the uh 33 alleged kids that, you know, right. were being trafficked. It's just weird to see that number pop up. Have you noticed that?
3: Yes. I mean, I think that's the number that's the top uh level in masonry, right? 33rd degree. Right. It yeah. Doesn't the sunset at the 33rd parallel or something yeah, like that or- Yes. Yeah. there was some correlation with the sun so yeah 23 is also another number that was a number you'll see in the occult 23 right um that was uh who was in that movie 23 it was uh james james carey is in that movie that goes back to uh burroughs burroughs 23 mystery they call it the 23 enigma and robert anton wilson talked about that that's two-thirds of one is
1: 666 right yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I'm seeing some of these numbers, which is very strange. That you know, it's it's all over the place, but it's not surprising. Um, They're signaling to each other. <laughs>
3: they are signaling, man. I think that that's exactly what happened in 9/11. Those are those numbers that are there are signaling to fellow travelers, no doubt.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and perhaps the uh, whole Pizzagate thing is obviously it's uh, maybe the same people involved there. You know, on 9/11, um, it was really interesting to see. You know, right after the trump presidency and as we record this it's been exactly a month since the election it feels like it's been 10 years all it's all this up. stuff going on i can't believe it's only been a month one of the things that i saw was sort of a narrative coming out of the trump election uh was that um you know he was one of the first people to speak out on 9-11 you know or at least questioning the uh, the integrity of the official story of just, just planes going in and the buildings going down you know him being a, a guy who build buildings he said that they would have to have bombs and it was really interesting because it sort of again resonated or appealed to the the truth community if you want to call it that and you know the the, the ties or the connection that um you know Trump seems to have with a Zionist faction you know people have brought that up i've talked about it a little bit not any suspicion uh, entirely i'm just saying you know we all should kind of tread cautiously uh what do you think about you know the next big sort of event that they might plan now this this may or may not have been planned, right? The whole Pizzagate thing, just all this stuff being exposed. Um, My
3: opinion is that it was not planned by anybody other than the people who were leaking the information to WikiLeaks. So whoever right. did that, that was the plan.
1: Right, right. So there was almost a, a natural-born coup from within uh, you know, I mean, to I get some of this so. out there. I,
3: I think that there were significant elements within the government who did not want to see Hillary Clinton become uh, president. And they worked you know, from different angles. They had, uh, people like Alex Jones who were willing to support Trump and get information out. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that was that guy, Steve Pichanek, that guy's legit. He's been around for decades. So, yeah. um, he was probably a frontman for a lot of the internal U S secret government people, you know?
1: Yeah. was wasn't he the one that said that they were working in tandem with WikiLeaks? What was, am I, am I wrong on that? Was it him?
3: Sounds right. It okay, sounds
1: like because happened. because I believe after he said those statements, they asked Julian Assange and he denied everything, which was I thought was interesting.
3: Yeah. I mean, it, Assange is not is kind of a suspect character. He's definitely a superb hacker and he has very serious, good credibility. But he doesn't believe nine eleven was an inside job, which, you know, is a huge red flag for me. Like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's just really interesting all these different narratives that have uh, come out in the last month. And we're uh,
3: living in a spy thriller, you know. We really—it's crazy.
1: It's absolutely yeah. nuts. So, so do you think? Yeah, what do you think is kind of uh, their next plan here? We're projecting forward from here. Uh, you know, there's obviously the factor of a Trump presidency. What's that mean? I'm sure that changes some of the landscape of maybe what they had planned
0: or impossible a um, trump uh or presidency. possible i
1: suppose yeah okay well, maybe i'm ahead of myself here P- possible but you know uh, at the same time we know the um uh, i believe the chinese bought what uh, all those all six hollywood studios Someone and like uh, and you know that whole net censorship and all that stuff coming from from china seems to be creeping into our internet base here and things like that so it seems like it's uh, going to be more of the same in terms of a battle. There's already kind of a civil war happening uh, within the country, not with uh, you know violence. Well, sometimes it does spill the violence, but mostly you know online, mostly with information, mostly with uh, sharing of knowledge and things like that. But, but what do you what do you project moving forward from all the stuff we've seen?
3: That's a great question. I mean, I think that Trump is is will be very different than the current administration, the Obama administration. I think his sensibilities are different and the people he's bringing in uh milled lots of military people which to me is telling uh that those are the people that he feels comfortable with um and those are real hardball types too um so i think uh depending upon who his attorney general is anything it really i, I expect uh i expect uh a, a, a very serious change come january 20th and i do think that this kind of uh, ideological war, this culture cop culture war that's happening, is still going to burn hot. Even when he becomes, and you can see this kind of inability for uh, Clintonites and Clintonistas and their sensibilities to really kind of uh, wind down after her loss. You, they're still angry. They're still fighting. They're still challenging the results. Um, so, you know, they're probably just not. They didn't even could take time to go back and lick their wounds. You know, so. I think that you're going to see remarkable things. I think the credibility of the left will will erode along with the credibility of the kind of legacy media. So um, I think that the social justice warriors and those type of people um, will become a smaller smaller subset of the general public, I think.
1: Yeah, they, they've been getting just, called out for a while, too. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's due time with some of that. Well, their
3: don't make a lot. They don't. They're not actual real world makes sense, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they that
3: are- a lot of the racism they're trying to bandy about isn't there. And, you know, I, I just don't think that they have to kind of have these racism, sexism things to exist. And if it's not there, they can't. So, I, you know, I, I just don't think that that kind of arch racism really exists inside their pockets of it. but So, um, so that's, that's really the long chart. I, I think the Trump, the Trump presidency will be really remarkable for this country. I think it'd be, be very different than the Obama administration.
1: Right. Yeah. I've been, I've been maintaining that it will be good in certain ways. Uh, obviously the economy seems to be headed in a better direction. Jobs returning, all that stuff is, is good. Um, but you know, I, I tread with caution at the same time. I try to stay down the middle of the road and say, you know, uh, there is a danger to, um, to prosperity as well you know you can become very lethargic you can become uh, you can fall right back asleep basically whatever waking up happened in this process you can fall right back asleep if you go you know become comfortable again and yes. uh you know so so i'm i'm trying to stay level with everything but uh, i do agree that with policy and certain things it, it might be a better time although then you get into um uh, just some of the uh, just him talking about destroying ISIS and things like that. And and I, I understand it. I get it. I've heard the argument, you know, that it's ISIS is a creation of the CIA with Israel and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it, it's there's a lot to be seen of what might go down there. But, um, you know, I just think what you said about more of the same in terms of the culture war, it's going to be really fascinating to watch and to see it develop even more uh, because, you're right. It seems like, um, what I've noticed is that a lot of these social justice types, when they say things now, they, they they realize that their sort of sentiments don't actually make sense, don't hold water to the greater, you know, public, people that generally think and, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, it's just remarkable to me that they've had the opportunity to be, be kind of at the top of the mountain in terms of, uh, you know, the, the soapbox, so to speak. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing that they're losing a little bit of that influence, because I feel that a lot of young right. people were just line in step, didn't think for themselves, they just, you know, repeated whatever was being told, uh, you know, in that sentiment, and it shaped the culture a certain way, and maybe this is an opportunity to break away from that or wake people up from that, but we have to still do our due diligence, uh, otherwise it just, it's, it's just going to help people fall back asleep, but... um I
3: agree. With that. I agree with
1: that. And and the whole pedophilia ring, the satanic ritual abuse involved with it. This is stuff you know. You've been looking at it for years. There are others who have been in ministry who have you know really tried to help people who are victims of this crime. Um, and I just think that that part of it we can't miss. You know, the whole PizzaGate thing is a tip of the iceberg, right? It it, it it's a gateway, so to speak, into the reality, which is a very very dark reality that. People have been been exposing to some extent for a while. People have been in ministries that no one, you know, really, you know, hoots and hollers about because you know they're they're in a dark area of ministry. They're not talking about fun stuff like the Nephilim and all that. And not that there's anything wrong with that. We do that too. Uh, but you know, there are folks who are more on the front lines in terms of dealing with the satanic ritual abuse, and it's quite horrendous. Some of the things people experience, and we can't forget that. That's that's the part of it that people need to realize is that th- this is what's really going on. it's been going on. this is just another uh dot on this map uh yeah. and and it's really uh you know given that that's why for those who have been doing research in this area, Pizza Gate is nothing surprising. It's like oh yeah, of course, right. <laughs> of course this has been going on and 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 you know to a lot of people I think the reason why people have caught on is because there was maybe there was some suspicion before, but there's you know some proof behind it now. And uh, that, that's the part of it where a lot of people are starting to realize, like, okay, this is real. And my hope is that, you know, uh, some, there's some justice that is done, you know. And I've uh, spoken to ministers that are dealing with this that say, you know, yeah, we understand that the eternal judgment is coming with the return of Jesus Christ. But in the meantime, we want to see some people locked up. We, we don't want these people out on the street, you know. And um, really? it's pervasive, I think, a lot bigger than people realize you know, talk about that a little bit. How how deep, how big, how wide is this network?
3: Well, that's a remarkable question. I think that uh, it's they have information that uh, the website of Comet Ping Pong has kind of like a secret entrance that uh, has other information that some skilled hackers have tried to get into and couldn't get in. They were surprised that it was that difficult to access that part of the Comet Ping Pong website. And also... <clears throat> Alephantis has a pretty broad network of friends some of which were people who were commenting on his Instagram account there was one guy by the name of Aaron Rao who was kind of close to the north in, he was in Maryland but he was an, a, an attorney and uh, working in human trafficking and that was that was a remarkable thing so there's a there's a broad network um somebody has also connected uh, Alephantis to another ping pong club in Berlin uh, he lived in Germany for a little bit um so it's yet to be seen how many people are involved. People are seeing other kind of weird symbols in other places around the country now and uh, how much it comes. I, I do hope that somebody is prosecuted. I hope they find the right uh, lawyer, or the right people to really investigate this case. I do, don't do believe in vigilantism in any way, shape or form. Uh, whatever happened there, uh, Comet Pink Pond, the guy walked in there. That was a really lousy terrible idea um i would recommend people still you know uh, expose and and keep an eye on things but uh my hope is that uh, with the new administration there will be people who would be willing to uh, use the resources of the state which are vast to to look further into what's going on uh, in Pizzagate.
1: you know let me share this with you uh just real briefly and kind of wrapping things up here You mentioned Germany, which is really kind of bizarre, uh, because I've been looking at some of this, uh, you know, I always try to look elsewhere from where everybody's looking, because I know there's always dots to connect, or potentially you can connect from from various areas, and the whole idea of this really heavily encrypted sub-website, that's really interesting, and the fact that you mentioned Germany in the same sentence, because I think this is a story that people have forgotten about, but Eric Moeller who was the former uh he was part of wikimedia, which is the parent company to wikipedia um and he he had made some public statements that uh he didn't really endorse pedophilia, but he definitely didn't deny it he i can't remember the exact quote he's taken it down since then but there's um you know some wayback machine stuff that can look at it, basically saying that you know if it's not uh, it was a justification for uh, sex with children basically and it's disturbing but he would basically said that um the only time it 's okay is if they want it, if the child wants it, which is just disturbing but like yeah so this this guy basically um, was part of wikipedia uh, wikimedia, and one of the guys that used to work there, his name was Larry Sanger, and he filed an FBI report when he realized that there were uh, a, a large part of the of Wikipedia that was actually trafficking or, or you know holding. Uh, child pornography, and the story is he hold he made this whole report to the FBI. He's gone on record. He's gone public with it, and then you know, uh, basically, just a couple years ago or whatever, uh, Wikipedia came out and said none of those claims were substantiated. We hadn't heard anything from the FBI, and uh, it just makes me wonder when some of these stories where people file something, they raise the red flag with concern, you know, genuine right. concern about like, hey, uh, I'm on the inside here, you know behind the scenes wikipedia I, I see it i see the child trafficking you know fbi here you go here's something you can look at and then nothing happens you know <laughs> it's that sort of pattern um, well that happened
3: with uh, jill dando was investigating the whole Saville um pedophilia stuff that went all the way through the entertainment world in england and she ended up dead so right we've never found her killer
1: Oh gosh. And the Nancy Schaefer story too, looking at the Sheep. child protective services and exposing that. So so there seems to be this pattern of like some light being shed on it and then complete shutdown. Yeah. Like don't go.
3: yeah. I mean the only Savile stuff never came out, didn't come out until after he was dead. People had talked about it. Johnny Rotten of the Sex, sex pistols, pistols talked yeah. about it. And nothing ever happened. So this is really just one of those moments, this whole PizzaGate, where you get you see this insight into uh, what's going on? and it may go way back. You know the the weird interesting thing about Alphantis is he's Greek, and if you go back into Greek culture, a lot of this kind of pederasty, there's a common theme that goes back forever. Well, isn't his yeah.
1: uh, his Instagram um, uh, avatar there or handle there? Uh, we well, not handle, but the image that he uses is. Uh, gosh, I can Yeah, right, right, right.
3: Sue so was the thirteen year old lover of Emperor Hadrian. Right, Emperor Hadrian was forty eight, but the and he, that actually within the Kind of gay pedo underground that his his that uh, object or Antinous is or Antinous is a kind of symbol of that kind of behavior. You know, like he's well known among pederasts, This whole story, and he died. The, the Antinous died in a strange way, mysteriously on the River Nile in Egypt. And some people have speculated he was sacrificed as kind of a sacrifice to the to the river for. Uh, beneficial
1: harvest yeah that's crazy and you mentioned uh jimmy Seville and his whole story there was that touching point a curious touching point nothing again nothing conclusive but just some interesting uh, things to point at where uh jimmy saville uh owned a, a villa or something i believe in um um gosh where was it it was a, it was a, a like in Spain or something, wasn't it? Uh, no, it's the story of Madeline McCann, the missing story of Madeline oh, yeah. McCann, and, and her. Um, and maybe I'm pronouncing her name wrong. McCain McCann uh, in Port- Portugal, I believe. Um, right. So
3: the thing is, is that it was Clement Freud who was found out to be a pedophile. Oh,
1: it was Clement Freud. Okay.
3: In Portugal as well. That the people who were investigating the McCann thing, they found two suspicious people who they drew um, kind of uh, profiles of. And they fit almost exactly the Podesta
1: Brothers. Right. And the Podestas allegedly, based on some of the research I've seen, stayed uh very close to the to that villa to where um or, or stayed at the villa. What was it? I can't remember the exact details now. I'm, I'm mixing up. I think
3: up. they were friends. I think they were friends with Clement Furrier. Right. So I think there was a connection there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and it it, it gets weird afterwards too, after uh she went missing didn't uh freud invite the parents over to the villa or something yes. oh, that's very bizarre and strange as well so
3: and he was kind of a comedian so he they said the man said thank you for him reaching out to us cuz he made us smile you know super creepy right and
1: yeah, yeah so. and he
3: was like he raped somebody as well so he was a real he was a real monster
1: right and again nothing happens this stuff continues on and, and you know there again any sort of justice department would have enough there to at least take a look at, uh, the fact that there's red tape just seems to suggest that this network goes much wider. Uh, there was some
3: people who came forward in England. They cover up for the other pedophiles because they know they have something on them. So they know that, you know, if they cover them up, they can use these people. Oh, I know what you did with so-and-so. So in the kind of currency of the political system, you know, they just don't bust people. Right. And, uh, One of the followers of Crowley, who was actually supposed to be his heirs, but his name was Thomas Dryberg in England. He was involved in a kind of pedophile environment with some of the other ruling elite of England, and that was covered up. That was another covered up. It involved the Crays. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Cray brothers. They were hyper-violent British gangsters, but uh, I cover that in in, uh, Children of the Beast, this whole Tom Dryberg Fiasco. And those, you know, there were a cover-ups like that. There was the Profumo Affair in England that involved uh some ministers and girls, and there was this kind of black magician guy by the name of Ward who you know procured these women for men. It was it was you know, so this stuff I think is constantly happening. This Pizzagate was uh unique because it was somewhere where there was so much visual references and things like that that could only happen with the advent of the internet whereas back then you just had people who saw stuff
1: right yeah basil had a uh, uh, you had mentioned you know technology earlier and kind of weaving into this conversation i think some of the things that we see with the tech end is something that's ignored uh, you know obviously the um, you know after the election of trump we saw uh, Silicon Valley just go nuts, right? Oh, you know, Cal Exit and all this stuff. It, right. it draws a new level of suspicion of like, okay, well, what's really going on there? Why are they, I mean, not it's not just that they're Hillary supporters, right? They're, th- that's kind of the surface label. Uh, you dig in a little deeper, you start finding connections everywhere with, uh, you know, darker things in, in the world of technology. And I wonder, you know, we, ta- we covered um, Cicada 3301 uh, a couple years ago. Uh, where you know there's this uh cicada symbol there's all these uh, clues hidden clues that lead to another clue uh and in the end you know some the alleged story is that you know you can get recruited into some group some you know some whatever I- i'm wondering if those types of things were out there as recruitment tools for you know uh you know sort of your uh, boots on the ground coders and things that would uh either you know, be instigated by the—I guess you can call the coup or the resistance from within, trying to what is it? Recruit some people off the street, right. or you know, it's the it's the the same satanic underground. They're using their ability to, or or attempts to try to grab people to help them with the technology end of it. It's going to be really fascinating to see how this technocracy literally is is unfolding because the people that have. You know, the knowledge of coding and all this stuff, they really are starting to hold the key to a lot of this stuff. Um, they're
3: called activists. The, the hacktivists who know how to do that, they have gotten all this stuff. You know, there's a really good documentary called Hacktivist or Hacktivism that uh, talks about these guys and how they're able to influence, you know, politics and things like that. And, and Julian Assange is one of them, really. He was a hacktivist. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's interesting, too. Silicon Valley, the show has an active Satanist in the show. Have you seen
1: it? No, no, I haven't.
3: Yeah, so there's a Satanist who's just like an active, and it's interesting, it kind of ties in what you were talking about, where there's an aspect of occultism that runs in kind of with the technocracy, so. Yeah. Interesting, it has very, it's very interesting.
1: Yeah, and when you go back to Jack Parsons and JPL and, and just the origins there, it's pretty clear that a lot of this technology stuff is pretty occultic in origin. Um so it's not surprising but it's, it it is kind of startling to find when you when you're looking around and you go whoa I didn't realize how much of uh the occult were were in this sort of thing. Um oh, Well
3: here's a here's a good example. Arthur Clarke invented or you know came up with the concepts for the satellite and wrote 2001 with Kubrick and stuff like that. He was an active pedophile in Sri Lanka. And where did he pick up the kids? A ping-pong parlor.
1: Wow. Oh boy! So that
3: you can read about that in Children of the Beast too. Wow!
1: So yes. you you had references? Did you have references to pizza before uh, any of this stuff no. came out? No,
3: no, I didn't know anything about pizza or ping pong. But ping pong seems to be uh, there's actually a scene in Lolita by Stanley Kubrick that features a ping pong scene where I forgot the guy's name in the in the Nabakov book, but uh, they're playing ping pong. So it's worth checking out. But so it seems to be something that. And actually right now on James Alafantis's Facebook page, there's a picture of Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton playing ping pong. So I didn't know the meaning. What? Yeah. So go check out the Facebook page before he changes it. Um, so ping pong seems to have been a code. Pizza seems to have been a code that I I had no idea about.
0: Wow. Yeah. And yeah, that's so there you go. Thank you, WikiLeaks. Um. <laughs> well that uh, uh, you know it's all really fascinating how it is connecting here as time goes on and uh, i guess like we mentioned before it's only a matter of time b- before more things start coming out now as far as um i mean uh, if you know uh, an investigation an official uh investigation by whatever law enforcement or maybe all of them um If they did a full-scale investigation, I mean, what would, just responding to some of the criticism that's given to the Pizzagate uh, story, I mean, is there a way that it can be investigated uh, as deep as possible? And if it comes up and finds out nothing, what do we do then? Or do we assume that that's just more corruption of, uh, of the system?
3: a great question i think that the public the public you know open source investigation that's taking place now has revealed uh, lots of material and i suspect more material will be let out if the police investigated usually those investigation files aren't accessible to the public so how much they want to do it and what goes on behind um, closed doors i have no idea so um my hope is that uh, there will be somebody with the guts to do it. And unfortunately, in other nations where they've had underground pedophile conspiracies, things were not on earth. For example, Belgium, the prosecutor was like fired and um, undercut, and you know nothing happened in England. A lot of some of those guys actually did get prosecuted, but uh, I think before Savile, nobody. So my hope is that you know the um legal infrastructure of the country has somebody or is able to uh, prosecute things i don't know what's going to happen on january 20th i don't know if hillary clinton's going to get prosecuted for um her whole her whole corrupt clinton foundation so
1: oh yeah she's she has a can long, only she has a long list
3: yeah there's a long list of stuff so you can only hope and pray that uh, justice is done in this world
0: amen brother amen. all right well gons what do you think
1: I think we're just getting started in the conversation. <laughs> I think, I think we can cover uh, it. It's true though. If you really wanted to dig, we can dig for hours and hours and hours on this stuff. And that's part of the problem too, is, um, it feels like there's so much, it, it's good research, but there's so much research out there. People don't want to spend the time to look at it, especially regarding this pizza gate thing. You know, there's a lot going on, obviously Obama, you know, uh, I looked at that document, um, that allegedly, uh, would make it illegal to uh, or fake news illegal is how the narrative uh, some some reports have stated and um you know it just basically says if you if you don't publicly state that you're working you know with the russians or whatever <laughs> you can get uh, basically uh, accused of uh, you know conspiracy and all this stuff it's quite remarkable uh, how fast they're trying to get some of that stuff in but
0: yeah, i um, think they're going to start licensing you know, certain news organizations, some new true news get the true <laughs> news stamp.
1: Oh
3: god. Oh, and that's go. that's what Pravda meant in Russian was truth. So you're gonna get your daily dose of truth, pravda. Oh Keep great. Truth. Get some uh, get some nineteen eighty four truth for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: stamp stuff. of approval, the stamp of happy face. Seriously.
3: I mean that is yeah, exactly what a happy face. Well said. You know, it's all a big joke. So yeah, I mean, it'd be terrifying that if that happened in this country, if that was allowed. That's some kind of weird Stalinist nonsense. This country's always had a very strong First Amendment right, and it needs to be preserved. I think that if, if something that monstrous gets passed, I think it would be uh, just a nightmare.
1: Yeah. I don't
3: think you could pass the Supreme
1: Court. Yeah, I don't think so either, and and that's why—that's the area where I was— Kind of rooting for Trump with other, <laughs> given all the other stuff to consider, at the very least, this is the place where I was like, you know what, if Trump gets in, at least this kind of stuff isn't going to be, you know, pushed even harder and quicker. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh We appreciate you taking the time to return. I think in four years from now, when you come back, <laughs> things will be never,
3: it'll be who, things who's going to be, be running different. for the next president. Back tonight, <laughs> <laughs> well, Hillary Clinton be back in 2020 like she says she wants to be.
1: She's going to be a robot. She'll be She'll know, a semi-robot,
3: occult, you know, like, a, a uh, thing. Yeah,
1: will
0: be a head that in a jar at that point.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, she's Wouldn't in bad shape. Something?
3: She was in bad shape when she was uh, running for president. So,
0: right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Can you tell the people where to find uh, your work?
3: All my books are at occultinvestigations.com. You can get signed copies. All of my videos are at William Ramsey Investigates. If you want to learn about the West Memphis Three, the Smiley Face, uh, Smiley Face Killings, Hillary Clinton's Illness, uh, and Aleister Crowley. I have a bunch of stuff there, too. So uh, if you'd like to check that out, please do. I, I post a lot on Facebook. And I do have a Twitter account and kind of working at the new kind of place to post up gab.ai, gab.ai AI.
0: Ooh, I don't even know what that is.
3: That's the kind of new new place to go to so that you don't get uh, censored.
0: Wow, I got to get up to date with the new cool social media platforms.
3: Although, be, be forewarned, it uses a green frog, which is supposedly the green frog of chaos. Oh, uh, so yeah. Weird Discordian thing. So
0: Yeah. I hear oh, you. yeah, <laughs> All right. Well, all right, thank guys. you so much, buddy. You take yeah. it easy, and uh, we'll keep we'll catch up with you soon. Sounds good. Another four years. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. God bless. And there you have it, William Ramsey, friend of the show. Here, it's again. We got to get him on more often here because this is an ongoing thing with new cases, new things going on all the time, and new stuff to look out for. Happy faces. Holy smokes. I'm seeing them everywhere now. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. I, I, actually, I've been driving around since this conversation and which, which is a time warp because it just ended. So I, I kind of saw into the future. I'm yeah. looping back around.
0: Yeah. We're all following. It's guns. complicated.
1: Anyway, I, I've started to see it more on, and I guess it's always been there, but maybe it's just one of those things where you notice it now because of the new connotation with the image. But, uh, I, I've seen it on people's, you know, bumper stickers. And it's that sort of, um, I know, I know, but it's, there's like a, a grungier version that I've been seeing a lot that's very similar to the one on the Black Mirror.
0: yeah i well that's the thing i see them in places where there shouldn't be a (laughs) smiley face and that weirds me out but anyways there you go guys hope you got some insight into what's going on with the occult and things uh happening all around you that we are unaware of if you like this episode of canary cry radio make sure to share it with your friends whether it's mouth mouth the mouth i always say that wow (laughs) wow
1: what are we talking about come on people
0: yeah, it's Mouth to Mouth Resuscitation of the Soul Gons. Oh, yeah, uh, share, yeah. Share it with your friends. Share it out on Facebook. Again, go to Facebook, likecanarycryradio.com. No, like Canary Cry Radio on Facebook. Press the follow button if you really want to get the good stuff. And uh, there you go. Did uh, you ever have a else?
1: CPR certificate? Were you ever, like, certified? No? No.
0: No, I wasn't. No, I was. I was not a. I wasn't a lifeguard. Yes, oh. we know you swam in college, guns. Well, yeah, we know
1: swimming doesn't give you a CPR license. You got to go through like different stuff. No way, dude. Yeah, you gotta, really. Like, you got to. You, you have gotta, to
0: like be trained officially to, gotta, to save people's lives. They
1: bring out this this uh armless, bodiless head and chest uh thing. Yeah, and, I saw it on the office once. You got, yeah, yeah. It's it's the doozy
0: still waiting for my check from the office um okay so there you go <laughs> you're uh, just make sure to
1: do this rate. until one of them sticks
0: yeah they'll all stick i've got all the checks over here i'm not telling you about it all right um go to itunes rate us and review rate us with with five stars maybe four stars but like five stars that's cool one stars if you didn't like it uh which that's fine we get it you know we're not for everybody um and leave a review which is which is words you say you type in a bunch of words and people know why they should listen to the podcast and that'll be awesome And we will wake up the masses.
1: Yeah, and make sure if you are going to leave a review on iTunes to uh, come up with a catchy title. You know, there's some good titles that we've got. Yeah, we should
0: have a review title contest because there's some good ones. You can go read them to get some ideas from other people. Okay, there you go, everybody. Make sure to catch Canary Cry News Talk every Tuesday.
1: Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Every Tuesday. Pretty much. That's that's basically what it's kind of fallen into short there
0: you go every tuesday uh you got to subscribe to a separate feed we're still getting a lot of questions about this you got to search canary cry news talk in your podcatcher or your itunes and subscribe to the separate feed you're gonna love it you won't regret it i promise you all right there you go anything else Gons?
1: do you think the logo of the news talk confuses people no okay I don't know. I don't think so. It says News Talk right on there. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here. Maybe we should uh, change a okay. color or something.
0: We'll, we'll talk about this off air. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry Radio. Make sure to tune in next time. But until you do, think outside the
2: cage.